So which Penn State players need the Rose Bowl the most? You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lines your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Thank you so much for putting us over 500 subscribers. The new goal, 550. Please help us get to 550 subscribers before the Rose Bowl. It would mean a lot to me. Uh, and really appreciate the support, all the feedback, the likes, the comments, and just the support on this channel. Wherever else you get your podcasts, if you listen to the audio side of this, I really appreciate that as well. Leave a review wherever you get your podcasts on that platform. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And again, my name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lines. If you didn't know that already, and your Friday episode as we head into the weekend. This, this show is going to be centered around, or at least start with, who the Rose Bowl matters the most for in terms of Penn State players. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about Utah, of course, but this is a Penn State channel. This is a Penn State show. So we're going to figure out which players need this Rose Bowl the most, who it's the most important for. I'm sure you can kind of guess where <laughs> going to be a few seniors on this list, but some others, other names that need to be kept an eye on for the Rose Bowl. Now this, it's just who's not going to have necessarily the best game, but who would benefit the most from having the best game. Then in the next segment, uh, just some player news to catch you up on. Drew Scruggs was in the headline. Dante Cephas, a Penn State potential uh, grab out of the transfer portal. Uh, could be the guy that's going to come in and help the wide receiver core uh, Penn state potential commit that could be happy. That could be happening today. It's going to happen today, but is he going to end up with the Nittany lions and we'll finish up with the, the big 10 as a whole. UCLA is officially a member of the big 10 after there was some ransom. They were held hostage by the PAC 12 and the university of California. And, and now we have some clarity of the big 10 expanding to 16 teams and just, how that whole situation went down and why, why the big 10 moving to 16 teams is beneficial for Penn state. Okay. So who does the Rose bowl matter to the most? And we're going to begin with offense, go to defense and then special teams. I thought I'd pick someone from every positional group and Sean Clifford's kind of the obvious one. We, we knew that. I think everybody knew that this game definitely matters the most to Sean because he's the 10th year senior as everybody knows, he's the six-year senior. Uh, but this is a guy that still wants to go to the NFL. This is his chance to boost his NFL draft stock in, in some sort of way, whether that's he sneaks into the seventh or sixth round or just gets an NFL franchise to contact him if he's not picked. Uh, this is also a chance for him to prove the doubters wrong, to prove the haters wrong. This is a good Utah team. Yeah, I know that some guys have opted out for them, some really good players, but this is some good competition. This is your Pac-12 champion, and Sean Clifford uh, is still against a stout defense. If he puts a nice performance together, that will go a long way. And finally, for him to walk out on top, you know, he's been here for six years. He's uh, at least built quite a resume. Whether you like him or not, he's still going to be in the record books for a long time 
but this would, and along with all those other seniors, they felt like they built something here. They felt like they had this long journey. Of course, there was COVID. There was, you know, the shortened schedule. You didn't really get to play that 2020 season. So for it to kind of come all together, that's what this is really about. And that point's going to be sa- the same for some other players on this list. Uh, Mitchell Tinsley transferred him from Western Kentucky. This is simply just he could boost his NFL draft stock. I don't know what kind of NFL future he has right now. Maybe a nice performance would put him in better contention for a draft pick or he gets contacted by an NFL franchise if he's undrafted. Uh, so this is a huge game for him because a season that uh, he really didn't separate himself from Parker Washington or the rest of the receiver group. Now this is an opportunity, but uh, versatility isn't enough. Yeah, he can play multiple receiver positions, but uh, still a nice performance here against Utah would go a long way for Tinsley. Also at wide receiver, Trey Wallace and Amari Evans, and they're grouped together because they're both coming back, and they're going to be battling for the same position next year, the one that Mitchell Tinsley's leaving behind, the ex-wide receiver. Currently, it's been Trey Wallace who's been getting a lot of looks at that other spot. I mean, Keandre Lambert-Smith, when he was out, Trey Wallace came in to fill the Z position, but... That's going to be wide open on the X for Trey Wallace and Amari Evans to compete for. So you saw Amari Evans uh, get some looks this season. The coaches really like him. They really think that he has a lot of potential. Uh, And if Trey Wallace is going to be a backup to to Keandre Lambert-Smith at the Z, he's not giving up that position. So is there going to be a battle at the X? And yeah, Trey Wallace has had more playing time, but Amari Evans apparently has the better potential. So if one of them can have this good game uh, against Utah, then that's a leg up on the on the X wide receiver position. Uh, Andrew Shelton is the last one in the offensive group, and this isn't about left tackle. He's not going to start there next season with Olu Fashionu coming back. So what does that mean for Drew? Well, it can boost his stock as a backup. No, the right tackle position is going to be open up to competition. Uh, we don't know what Caden Wallace is ultimately doing. We've seen Penn State target high-end offensive lineman out of the transfer portal. So this means that the right tackle spot is definitely not a sure thing with Caden Wallace, even if he comes back. So Drew Shelton, if he can have a nice game, if he's, we don't still know if Olu Fashionu is going to play in the game against Utah, but if he does, uh, so be it. But Drew Shelton, I think if he does start at left tackle and plays for the entirety of the game, that will bode well for him going into the offseason, at least put him in contention to start on the other side of Olu Fashionu. And uh, Drew Shelton can play both sides. Don't think because he played left tackle only that he can't he can't swing around. No, uh, Drew Shelton will have uh, a chance to compete for the starting right tackle spot. Uh, on to the defense. Uh, Nick Tarburton at defensive end. This game is very, very important for him. It kind of helps him make a decision here. Because he's floating around, is he going to go to the NFL or is he going to use that extra year of eligibility and come back for another season? I think Penn State could use him greatly. He's he's a run he's a run stuffer. He's an edge setter, and you've seen him if you paid a clo- close attention to Tarbert and how much better he's gotten as a pass rusher. Uh, so I think this game helps him make a decision. I think it boosts his draft stock if he does ultimately go into the NFL draft, or it just helps him get a head start on the 2023 season. P.J. Mustafer at defensive tackle, similar to Sean Clifford. Uh, this allows him as a super senior to walk away on top, you know, to think back and say, you know, hey, we had quite the quite the whirlwind of a career. 
Uh, but when all said and done, we won a Rose Bowl after, you know, Penn State hasn't had really a lot of good fortune in the Rose Bowl since that win back in the 80s over Oregon. Uh, you know, they lost uh, multiple times uh, to USC here in the 2000s, but uh, this would be a chance to kind of rewrite that history in PJ Mustafer. Certainly, uh, with a legacy, there also goes along of uh, he's going to be a certain draft pick, just a matter of where. Where is he going to end up? I think he should end up in the second round, but uh, some scouts don't necessarily see it that way. Linebacker Curtis Jacobs is someone who could benefit as well for strictly kind of the same thing as Tar Burton, but not in terms of eligibility. Booster draft stock, and I think he would fall in the category of a Brandon Smith with He's still not as proven. He's got a lot of potential. So that would mean that he's a fourth or a fifth round pick like Brandon Smith was in the fourth round of the Panthers just last year. Uh, or it gets him a leg up on the return. If he's going to come back for an extra year, continue to develop and then boost his draft stock really going into 2024. That is also a possibility. Last on defense is Jair Brown, senior safety, kind of the same thing. He's looking to boost that draft stock, leaves behind some legacy, he transferred him from Lackawanna College, but really more for about him. It is not necessarily personally, but if you look at it, he's being doubted uh, when it comes to draft rankings. And you look at the big boards from all the draft experts, right? There's so many of them these days. Uh, and Jair Brown, according to Mel Kuyper Jr., He's number three on his big board at safety. That's the respect he needs, but that needs to be consistent across the board. That needs to be the case, period. Uh, and Jair Brown, with one final solid game, can do just that. Uh, and last but not least in special teams, we're going to go with kicker Jake Pinnegar. Uh, still up in the air what he wants to do with his decision. He could move on. He could also come back with an extra year of eligibility. Uh, but Penn State does seem like they're bringing in some competition for the offseason. It's not a sure thing that he's going to take over uh, as the starting place kicker next year. Uh, so there will be some open competition for him. He would obviously be the, be the first in line. However, don't don't know that it's such a sure thing for Pinnegar. Uh, he would not be drafted, but uh, with a good game, could get invited to some NFL camps if that's what he wants to do. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko. I'm going to update you on some player news coming up next. Today's episode is sponsored by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thanks so much for making Locked on Nittany Lines your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked on Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked on can provide. Locked on Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Zach Seiko. You can follow myself in the show on Twitter at Zach underscore Seiko. You can see the little little bug on your screen. Uh, if you're listening, it is Z-A-C-H underscore S-E-Y-K-O and Locked on Nittany on Twitter as well. 
Uh, so some player news. We've seen some Penn State players in the headlines. We've also seen some potential Penn State players in the headlines as well. And your favorite super senior quarterback is in the headlines for good reason. Uh, but we'll start with Juice Scruggs because he has accepted an invite to the East-West Shrine Bowl. Uh, interestingly enough, that's a way to boost his draft status if he decides to do that. So this means he's going to the NFL, right? Not necessarily. Uh, the East-West Shrine Games being played February 2nd, 2023. Uh, if you accept an invite, it doesn't necessarily lock you in to moving on, but it is a way, you know, you want to showcase. It's, it's a senior all-star game. You get the chance to showcase your skills with some other comparable talent and veteran guys in college football. But underclassmen, guys, in this case, because of COVID, guys without extra eligibility or guys with in this case people who do have eligibility left have to declare for the nfl draft seven days after the national championship game which would be monday january 16th since the game's gonna be played on the 9th with anybody of tcu michigan georgia and ohio state poor usc having to play a championship game in ohio state just had to not go anywhere and now they're in the college football playoff uh, if he does enter the draft, he's going to play in the East-West Shrine Bowl, not not the other way around. If he plays in the East-West Shrine Bowl, he has to enter the draft. It's the it's the first one. Now, if he doesn't declare for the draft, then he's not going to play in this game. Actually, if you can, for some might remember, Jaquan Brisker actually did this. He accepted an invite to the East-West Shrine game and decided to come back for another season at Penn State. I think it was the right decision because he was selected in the second round by the Chicago bears. And now he's one of the best safeties in the NFL. Uh, he's obviously a hard worker, but his decision, he was going to probably be a fourth or a fifth round, maybe even lower on draft day. Had he gone right in instead, he came back for another year, boosted his draft status. And that's something that juice could do. I expect juice Scruggs to play in the Rose bowl. I, I think he will. Uh, now if juice does leave, if he decides to declare for the draft, and go to the East-West Shrine Bowl. It means that Hunter Norzad is going to be the starting safety, or excuse me, starting center going into next season. Uh, we saw him receive some reps from time to time throughout this year. Now, where's Penn State in terms of getting a guy in the transfer portal? Well, there, there's really no breaking news just as of yet. Something, maybe a decision could happen today for someone they're targeting, but who knows? It's all kind of it's the ebbs and flows of the transfer portal. Uh, guys are going to make their decisions quickly because they know, like a Cade McNamara to Iowa, others are going to take their time. And that's just the case with Dante Cephas out of Kent State. He is projected to Penn State by On3.com, and that's something that the Penn State insiders at that channel uh, did make mention of. They felt that Cephas was leaning towards Penn State. It was the first place he visited, uh, and that's something that I mentioned on an episode just this week. But he still has yet to narrow down his list. Uh, he's visiting UCLA pretty soon, actually. Georgia. Yeah, Georgia's. If, if Penn State's targeting him and Georgia's targeting him, then that means you know he's the real deal. But the Bulldogs really want him because they sent the coaches, coaching staff up to his home in Pennsylvania uh, over in Penn Hills, and they came to visit him at home. So that... That means they're really interested. We know that he just visited Penn State this wet past weekend. He is good friends because he's ex-teammates with Tank Smith and Daquan Hardy out of high school. And Pitt is also in the mix because that's where he's closest to being a Penn Hills high school grad over in that area. 
He also hasn't set a commitment date either, uh, so we don't know when he'll make this decision, but he's going to bide his time. Now, he did admit this. Money is not the deciding factor, meaning that what whatever school can give him the best NIL deal, that's not what it's going to come down to. He has admitted in interviews that this is about getting to the NFL and which school can develop him the best. I think that's Penn State. I also think that's Georgia. So if that's what it comes down to, it's going to be one of those two schools. I think UCLA and Chip Kelly could factor in since Chip Kelly was uh, an NFL head coach once upon a time, even though he wasn't that successful uh, with the Eagles and the 49ers. I know that that felt like a while ago or that that didn't even happen. Like nothing happened between Oregon when he went to a national title game and then fell back to UCLA. So it's a for Dante Cephas, it's about developing and going to the NFL, not making the highest money from NIL. Now, to the high school side of it, getting commitments from not the transfer portal, but the high school recruiting trail. And Kavion Keys set his commitment date for today. So depending on when you're watching this episode or listening to it, uh, you might be celebrating or you might be disappointed or you're waiting on the edge of your seat because now you know that he's committing at 8.30 this morning. It's uh, episode's going to be posted Friday, December 16th. 8.30 Eastern Standard Time is when he is announcing, uh, announcing his decision in the morning. So like I said, depending on when you watch this or listen, uh, could be happy, it could be sad. Uh, but he's a four-star linebacker out of Virginia, somebody that we've mentioned on this podcast since he's decommitted from North Carolina earlier this month. And he's deciding between UNC. He's deciding between Virginia Tech because he just took a visit there and he's from the state. Brent Fry's recruiting this kid pretty heavily and Penn State. Uh, projections show that he's going to commit to Penn State. Uh, but uh, again, depending on when you watch this, it will be in the books uh, where he has committed. If he commits to Penn State, that is huge because that's the third stud linebacker they're going to get in the class of 2023 uh, to go along with Tamir Robinson, who's a four-star, and Tony Rojas, who is a really high-rated four-star in this group. I mean, this, this class of 2023 is just stacked with defensive studs from defensive line to linebackers all the way to the back end with safeties and corners. And we'll finish up with your favorite longtime senior, and that is Sean Clifford. Quarterback has been named the finalist for the Jason Witten Man of the Year Award. Congratulations to Sean. He's one of three, so it's going to come down to him, Oregon offensive tackle Alex Forsythe, and Pitt defensive end Deslin Alexander. Uh, and this annual award, as you can imagine, is for players who performed well both on and off the field. I do not want to see those comments saying, well, Sean Clifford didn't play well on the field. He only did stuff off the field. He had a good season, okay? He set all the records. He set all the milestones. 22 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Like, he was pretty careful with the football this year. Uh, and they're in the Rose Bowl, and they're 10-2. and two. And he was pretty tough uh, battling through not necessarily injuries, but being banged up. Uh, but this annual award is uh, given to college football players who demonstrate exemplary leadership, both on and off the field. It's the sixth year that this award has been uh, given to a player, and it's decided by a selection committee uh, on, that is associated with the award. It's Locked On Nittany Lions. My name is Zach Seiko on this Friday episode. Final segment coming up, and that's my thoughts on the Big Ten now that it's allowed to finally expand to 16 teams with USC and now UCLA joining if they were let go out of their hostage situation. It is Locked On Nittany Lions. Today's episode is sponsored by NHTSA. 
You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. It's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the road to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Sponsored by NHTSA. This is Locked On Nittany Lines. My name is Zach Seiko. Final segment here. And if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, we're over 500 subscribers. And I really do appreciate that. Thank you so much for, uh, for the support on the channel. Remember to like and share this video today and turn on notifications so that you see whenever a new episode or video is posted. All right, so we'll finish up a little more all-encompassing since it is the offseason and Penn State football is uh, uh, had not close to playing the Rose Bowl just yet. They're still a couple weeks away, but the Big Ten is officially expanding because UCLA is now allowed to leave. Thank you to the Pac-12 and the University of Cal for allowing them, allowing another school to make a decision, even though the TV rights agreement is up and Cal is its own entity. But UCLA, I want to give some context to this because UCLA was uh, being held up by the University of Cal mostly because these two schools are actually attached at the hip financially and logistically. Uh, but the Cal Regents uh, voted to allow UCLA to move to the Big Ten just this week. And there, there's some quid pro quo here. Yeah, UCLA, we'll, we'll let you go, but uh, you must pay essentially a tax, a Cal tax, to uh, that could be anywhere between two and ten million dollars. That's a lot of money to you and I, but uh, UCLA is going to pay. Uh, it's a small fraction in terms of what they could be getting from the, what they will be getting from the Big Ten. So why didn't the Big Ten just take Cal? That's something that I've heard. Uh, the Big Ten doesn't want Cal. It would never want California to join the conference uh, because Cal does not have a good football program. And well, what about Cal? What if they wanted to join the Big Ten and go along with USC, UCLA? Uh, that's not the case. They don't want to. They don't want to leave the Pac-12. Uh, they don't care about football and sports in general. They're an academic institution. Uh, yeah, they like football, but it's it's not their biggest priority. Uh, honestly, I think the Regents would do away with it uh, if it wasn't so financially lucrative. Uh, if the Big Ten had taken Cal, Let's just say in a different world, they they take California. Wouldn't they? You you would need another partner school to go along with them, and that would mean Stanford. Maybe it wouldn't be just some random school like a like a Utah out of the Pac-12. 
Uh, but there's there's just never really a scenario where they said, you know, let's take Cal, let's take Stanford. But you wouldn't just magically take three teams. The Big Ten wants to keep it an even number. So if they're going to move to 16 like this, it's the preference to stay with an even number. They'd actually rather go to 18 or even 20. That's a possibility in the future, uh, well before that they would go to 17 strictly because it's an odd number. Uh, what if the Pac-12 actually continued to hold UCLA hostage, right? And said, nope, you, you can't leave. We're not going to vote for it. Uh, Cal's not going to vote for it. This is where things get really, really interesting. Because the Big Ten would have been P.O.'d. They would have been really ticked off here. And essentially, the way that I've kind of dubbed it is that the Big Ten would imperialize the Pac-12. They would have invited other schools that would have been interested. And all what school would not be interested besides Cal to go to the Big Ten? Let's let's take Oregon, Washington. Definitely, they were the rumored 17th and 18th teams. Washington State, Oregon State, they have to they have to come over in pairs to keep it an even number. But that is what the big 10 would do. So, okay, you're not going to give us UCLA. Well, then we're going to take three other teams from you and, and just nuke the conference <laughs> in a sense. Right. And the PAC 12, whatever would have been left, the PAC eight uh, would have been so financially hurt. The TV deal, which is still under negotiation uh, would have taken a big hit. And then the schools wouldn't have made as much money. The TV deal would have been significantly lower. And then other schools would have eventually jumped ship. They would have said, look, this money uh, isn't enough to keep our athletic department afloat. Uh, we're going to go to some other conferences, the Big 12, the ACC, uh, maybe even the SEC. I don't think the SEC is accepting teams, but I think some of those other conferences would. Uh, and those other schools would have jumped ship. Uh, but why are USC and UCLA joining the Big 10? money that's what it really boils down to is money the fox cbs nbc television deal that's going to go into effect in 2024 is going to net these schools 80 to 100 million per year why would you pass that up if you are trying to manage a business an athletic department right uh, the pac-12 tv agreement was only making a little over 30 million a year and that's kind of the ballpark figure of about 30 maybe 40 million a year that's significantly lower. You know, it's not like, oh, well, one conference is making 45. The other one's making 40. No, 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 no. This is 100 million compared to maybe 40 million, maybe 45. And UCLA is $100 million in debt. If you didn't know that, yeah, they, they haven't been exactly responsible with their money and they've had to borrow. It is going back even before the pandemic, but they uh, they had to borrow even more money, uh, and now they're they're a hundred plus million in debt that they got to pay back. If UCLA wasn't able to leave the Pac-12 and move to the Big Ten, like this is this is a lifeboat for them. I don't think people understand how truly uh, of a saving grace this is for UCLA. They would have had to cut a bunch of varsity sports, a and at, who wants that? At the end of the day, who really wants that? It would have just been football, men's basketball, maybe something like the soccers. Uh, I, maybe they they have some other ones like a fencing that that is really popular. But uh, football, men's basketball definitely would have been safe. But everything else could have been on the chopping block. And UCLA looked around and said, we need to make a decision to keep our athletic department uh, a full and anything we can do to even boost it. So could other schools join USC and UCLA? I, I don't think so. And it's because 
it's a pie of money and everyone gets an even cut. If you add in any other schools besides Notre Dame, really, and a partner with Notre Dame, everybody is going to get a smaller cut. So that 100 million for each school goes down to maybe 90 uh, or, or 85, depending on who comes in. They would take away from the whole collective. And that's why this benefits Penn State. Because now Pat Kraft, who's a superhero as the athletic director, is now getting an injection of $100 million yearly into this program to, to build not only football, basketball, hockey, wrestling, cross-country, swimming, you name it. This is just all-around beneficial for not only Penn State, but everyone that's in the Big Ten. They are going to make out very well from this. And that's going to do it for me on Locked On Nittany Lions. Thanks for joining me for another episode either on YouTube if you watched it or if you listen to it wherever you get your podcast. Remember to follow me or the show account on Twitter at Locked On Nittany at Zach underscore Seiko. And make sure you keep it right here for all your Penn State Nittany Lions content. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen today. For your second listen today, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.